Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone needs to be warned about this person. Like, this is a dangerous human being. Lala, that's actually a ridiculous stance to start saying Sandoval's a dangerous person. I didn't ask for anyone else's opinion. Well, you have my opinion. Well, that's great. I reject it. He was sleeping next to her. This was his life mm-hmm. partner. If he can mm-hmm. do that to her, yeah. there's something wrong uh, with this person. And a lot of other people mm-hmm. have done that before. Absolutely. Uh, and they're not and dangerous a baby people. with one. Right? They are exactly. dangerous. Don't uh, they're going to judge my character. You need to get in line. Somewhere near the fuck. Calm down. I'm not going to calm down. We're here for like 10 hours, for God's sake. I understand. We cannot start And we're ready to go. Goosebumps. We're ready to go indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part 1. Now, longtime Everything Iconic listeners know we don't always recap the reunions here on Everything Iconic. However, these are unprecedented times in Bravo history. So we're leaning in and we're going to be covering wall to wall. I still have so many questions. We're only scratching the surface. This was Part 1. I feel like there are still so many unsolved mysteries, despite the fact that there have been a 100 interviews. I don't know if you've been keeping up, but uh, Ariana was on The View, the Today Show, Watch What Happens Live, Call Her Daddy, The LA Times, James was in Interview Magazine, Lala's in Variety. I mean, there's so much scandal content. And before we got to this reunion part one, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm kind of over it. Like, I'm getting tired of it. It's like, beginning to be too much. However, then the reunion started and I was right back on board. I was right back on board because there's so much, I don't know. And I still feel like there are unsolved mysteries because this Joe woman, I don't quite have a handle on who she is. At one point, they showed a picture of her on screen and it was blurred. And another time, it wasn't blurred. Like, what is going on there? There. And then Schwartz, his timeline isn't adding up. They didn't get on the same page, him and Zinzval, before they started recording this reunion. So he's saying, I knew in August, but then he's saying, I knew in January. So I just feel like there are lots of unsolved mysteries. So buckle up, Buttercup, because we're going to get to the bottom of all of these things and more. For every mystery, there is someone, somewhere, who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is watching. Perhaps it's you. Join me. And speaking of the Joe thing, I do just want to talk about that snowboarding trip. Because I don't know, for some reason that stuck out to me the most. If you heard when Andy started talking about this double date that they went on, uh, Shula Schwartz, Tom Zinzival, uh, Rachel, and then the Joe, the Joe, they apparently all went snowboarding. I believe it was January. I might be getting some of the dates mixed up because there were so many dates coming at me fast and furious that I'm not quite sure. But apparently they went snowboarding. And then DJ James Kennedy said that Rachel don't like to snowboard. So I feel like in watching all these interviews and Tom Zinsvall and the Howie Mandel show and then all the stuff that's come out, I feel like they were almost positioning it as like an accidental thing. But then when I hear stuff like that of like they went snowboarding and Rachel didn't even like to snowboard and she went anyway and it was like this weird double date thing. I'm like, she was asking for it. She was asking for the sex. And so, of course, he's more at fault. I'm not saying anything like that. He is more at fault. He had the boundaries in the relationship. However, she also had boundaries in a friendship. And she's asking for it. 
she might as well said, uh, she might as well have been standing there in front of him and open up her gas flap and said, fill her up because that's essentially what was happened metaphorically. I mean, that woman was just asking for it. And again, he's more at fault. He was in boundaries in the relationship. However, you, she don't even like snowboarding. And then what the fuck would Joe to go and snowboard? It's weird. It's weird. And I don't want her to send me a cease and desist. Schwartz was saying, oh, she, she's going to be sent out cease and desist to Katie Maloney. And justice for Maloney. Maloney don't have to deal with it. too many legal stuff on these Bravo shows. And I don't like it. Because we, uh, of course, had the shishi and the restraining order between Rachel. So we got to keep them 100 yards apart. And then now we're finding out Joe might be sent out cease and desist. And I don't want everyone to be dealing with these cease and desist. It's too much. It's too, we're trying to watch the drama on the television show, and every time there's, I don't know, Joe, maybe you should, she should move out of the house with Schwartz or something if she can't handle Katie Maloney comment on someone's Instagram about her. I don't know. I don't know. But I actually think that Schwartz came out of this reunion looking the worst compared to like where we started the reunion, right? Like we all hated Zinzaval already before the reunion. We all hated Rachel before the reunion. So, I felt like Schwartz was the wild card for me of like, I wanted to know what he knew, when he knew it, where he knew it, how he knew it. And then coming out of part one in the reunion, I was like, what? He's the worst than I even thought before. I was already mad at his shoelessness. And then come to find out he's just sitting there lying up on stage and trying to play the gray area. And so he is the one that I hated the most from the reunion outside of the other two. And so the three of them really were the worst. And I also came out of this not liking LVP at all because here she was sticking up for Zinzaval and the boys. And look, I get it from a business perspective. I've said that on the show before. I understand what she's doing. It's very transparent. She's sticking up for them because she knows she owns a business with their name on it. Now, I would think that she would want to change the name, right? Like if they only own 5%, and it's also a little unclear, like do they own that 5% anymore? Because they she gave them back the 50 k and so she's closing down the door as a pump. Maybe she should close down TomTom for a week and just replace the sign. And then, I don't know, can we do that? Can we get legal on the line? I just feel like uh, it should be the thing. It would make business sense, right? She's a businesswoman. She's a business scale. And so maybe that would make the most sense. I don't know. Again, they barely own any of that restaurant, but it just seems like that would be the smart thing to do because these two demons on television are the most hated men. Andy even called Zinsval to his face in that sit-down one-on-one. He said, you're the most hated man on television. I said, damn, that's right. And I watched Succession. And somehow Zinsval is coming off worse than those monsters over on HBO show. So, look, LVP's on the wrong team here, and I understand it from some ways. But also, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's weird. And I also, I think there is a generational thing. And it comes out sometimes, I think especially like when you're watching a summer house reunion or which summer house, you guys, I could go on about that, that flop show, what they gave us two good episodes in a season, the whole season of summer house. I'm sorry, we'll get us off track. Well, just real quickly, I just have to say summer house, the uh, percentage of good television that they produced this year with a hundred fucking cast members. And then Maya's trying to cover up her mic. She's like, doesn't even want to, she's on a reality show and she didn't want to talk about her reality. It's like they got a hundred cast members there, weren't able to produce more than two good episodes of television. I'd say that was about the average of what happened. And then I don't understand Danielle. Oh, it's just a mess over there. It's just a mess over on Summer House. A hundred cast members and nothing. Meanwhile, here in Vanderpump Rules, how many people are on that stage? Six of them or something? <laughs> there weren't a lot of Vanderpump people on stage, and yet they gave us a season for the ages. So I'm not saying that people should cheat on Summer House. I'm just saying they need to do something. Um, but anyway, LVP is just on the wrong team. So I was actually happy when Lala had stepped up and said, well, I reject your opinion. Well, that's great. I reject it. I reject your opinion because her opinion was bullshit. 
And I don't think with the Scandal happening, they necessarily need LVP all that much anymore. Because I was liking her all season, but when she's getting on the wrong team, and I maybe production needs her to bridge that gap between the rest of them. But in the reunion, there was this moment where Ariana was kind of combating with Lisa Vanderpump, and Andy's like, well, what do you do with your relationship with her? And she's like, well, I'm just not talking to her. And then she kind of like walked it back a little bit, and I almost wish she didn't walk it back, because I just think... This is the time that they really could all stand their ground and say, look, you're backing these two men. Like, we're just not talking here. But uh, they don't want to. But I think if there was ever a time in a Vanderpump Rules history where they could actually phase Lisa Vanderpump out, I'm not saying that's the right move. I'm just saying this would be the only time in history, in her history, that it could potentially happen. And so, I don't know. Uh, But let's back up. Let's go to a day before the reunion. Andy is sitting down with Zinzival. And he says, hey, Tom, and hey, Andy, you know, they sit down and they're one-on-ones. And he says, you're the most hated man on TV right now. And then we sit down with Ariana. We're cutting between his sit down with uh, Queen Ariana and then sit down with Rachel, who, by the way, Ariana keeps calling her a rat. And this is a problem for my business because I was just saying on this podcast that we need to do a kid's book about a cozy rodent. And now I'm kind of concerned that that's not going to be able to happen because of the affiliation now with Rachel being uh, called a rat a hundred times on this show. So I don't know. It's We're going to have to look at our branding. We might have to, I don't know, pivot. <laughs> might have to strike it. Strike it. Strike it. Uh, anyway, um, they're all sitting down with Andy and they're in different outfits Did anyone feel like that? I got a chill just looking at their outfits because they didn't release these looks. So it was like fresh in my mind. And there was a moment where I was seeing the one-on-ones Andy did, and I was so, I loved Ariana's updo hair. I loved it. And by the way, I love on the reunions when we see the hair and makeup people. I don't know. It's thrilling television. Like just to see the hair and makeup people in between setups and when they're going to commercial, we see someone come out and like powder Shishi's nose or someone just like fix Lala's hair or something. Like I fucking love that. I don't know what it is. If it's like a voyeuristic thing, but just those quick little moments. I don't need a lot of time, but just seeing the makeup artist scurry on a stage. I'm like, oh my God. It's just like, that's when I feel like I'm watching prestige TV. I know something about it. Something about it. But anyway, seeing Ariana's gorgeous updo and then seeing all their new outfits that we weren't exposed to previously made me think for just a quick second, maybe it would be worth it to not release so much of the reunion stuff beforehand. I know I might get some pushback on that because I, we, as Bravo fans, we love to hop on Twitter a week before the reunion's going to air and we look for them trailers. We look for the previews. We look... We get excited about all that because, again, it's our Super Bowl, so we get excited about all these little things that come out beforehand and teases and cast looks and seeing the dresses for Housewives and all of that kind of stuff. We get excited about it. But there is something kind of thrilling to just have it be a surprise, right? A little bit? I don't know. I think we should keep more surprises. I think Bravo's still obviously going to release their teases, their trailers, their previews. But there is something to be said about surprising us because sometimes we know a little too much. Like I, I felt like I knew a lot of the stuff that was going on in this episode. And especially last night, did you guys see that Ariana sat down and call her daddy? Now, I don't know much about call her daddy. I do know it's like a, it's a popular podcast. And so PR wise, I think it was smart for, I, I understand why they did it. And so I think it was a good, I'm sure a lot of people that don't normally watch Vanderpump Rules were probably tuning in to call her daddy. Just like there's so many people who previously didn't watch Vanderpump Rules who are now invested in this scandal. And so I was up late last night watching on Spotify. Call her, it was like a two hour interview, two hour interview. 
I mean, two hours, and I'm trying to keep my eyes open. I'm normally in bed by 10. And so I'm trying to stay awake. And Matt's like, what are you watching on your phone? I'm like, fuck off, you know. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Uh, although he's invested, too. I, actually, I shouldn't say that because he's totally invested in this whole thing. He's totally invested in this whole thing. I'm catching him. looking. he's sending me articles now. And is anyone else's spouse like that? Your significant other? Sending you articles suddenly. Like, he wasn't interested for five years. Matt had fallen off of Vanderpump Rules. And now suddenly I'm getting, like, texts throughout the middle of the day, just, like, obscure comments from Instagram and, like, you know, anything, craziness, any stories or any blurbs or blogs or anything that's coming out about it. It's like, Matt's texting me about it. I'm like, you are so fucking invested. And he's so on Team Ariana. Like, he's just... (laughs) That's how I know. That's how I know we're meant to be together forever. Because it's like, okay, I feel good that he's doesn't have not even a single bit, not even a single little touch of it. And he know, you know, obviously Matt had met the two of them when we worked together on the book. But he, yes, despises Tumson's fall, and I'm just it makes me ready to open up my gas flap and have him say fill her up because. <laughs> By the way, I just heard I was listening to someone uh, someone talking about like filling up a gas tank, and they were calling the gas tank a gas flap. And so now it's my new, <laughs> it's my new favorite thing to say gas flap instead of the gas tank because it's just such a silly thing. Like you oh, go to the gas station, you pull in, you just open up the gas flap. Anyway, um, metaphorically, also it's funny to just say I'm open up my gas flap, fill her up. Anyway, uh, let's move on. So. Yeah, there's a lot coming fast and the furious. So last night I'm up late watching this two hour sit down. Back in the day, I grew up in the era of Barbara Walters. So I love a good long form interview. Now, do I wish that that interview would have been with someone who had known the ins and outs of not only their relationship, but also the show from the beginning? Because I hate when I see these like Howie Mandels. And look, the interviewer on Caller Daddy, she did a phenomenal job comparatively to Howie Mandel. I mean, Howie Mandel, Howie. Uh, Bobby's World Mandel just did not do his homework, did not do his research, did not know what's going on with Tom Zinzval. We were sitting there. It was so PR run. And obviously then we had to watch Zinzval shave that mustache off his fucking face. And so it wasn't the greatest. Anyway, back to the one-on-ones. So Ariana says in her one-on-one with Andy, she says that Rachel didn't reach out until 48 hours after this reach, uh, after this had reached the boiling point in TMZ. And then uh, not only did Ariana say that she's a fucking rat, she also said she's dead to me. 48 hours later, she said, I'm, you're dead to me. And then we find out that the first time, and I say find out, but we don't know the truth. We don't know if Zinzaval is lying. I mean, him and his stinky cock. Tom Zandaville. Little cocky cock. Like his stinky 40-year-old cock. Like, seriously, Raquel? We don't know if his stinky 40-year-old cock is lying or telling the truth. By the way, also, another smoking gun that happened later in this uh, reunion episode is DJ James Kennedy revealed that Tom Zinzaville might actually be 42. Now, of course, I've been blowing the lid off Tom Zinzaville's age, and now we're finding out he might even be a year older than I previously have thought. So we do know that he's been lying about his age, and now it's coming out. I just saw another article. There was some leak, and it's a, like 39 it's a, attributed his age as 39, like multiple times in the article. And it was like, Oh, that's how I can tell it's coming from Thompson's Falls people is because they're saying 30. It's the, the 39 year old was approaching his 40th birthday, the 30. And it said it like a bunch of times. I was like, he's 41 at best, possibly 42, according to DJ James Kennedy in this episode of television, historic TV. 
and potentially even older than that, because I'm looking at him on my screen. I'm thinking maybe this man, uh, he's upwards of 75, because now when I see him, I don't know, does he not look sort of close to age uh, as maybe a, a Ken Todd type? I mean, uh, possibly, because when I see he's looking, and obviously he's going through a time. He's going through a time, and we don't want to harp on looks. But that dummy is going through a time, and perhaps he's starting to age himself even more than when he was lying about his age for the television show and for the media. Anyway, moving on. Um, oh, I also have to say, this recaps all over the place because I got lots of thoughts, but I did get some complaints about uh, calling Tom and Zinzaval and Rachel dummies. And I do not want to apologize for that because I do not feel bad. If that's the worst thing I say about those two dummies, then uh, good for me because honestly, they deserve much worse than that. And I call everybody a dummy, including myself, but those two are special dummies. And honestly, there's no way you could watch them on screen after all these weeks of television and not just think they're the biggest dummies. I mean, that one dummy in her trailer just watching the screen laughing. She was giddy again, just like in the finale when she was sitting with Tom Zinsvall and they said, I love you accidentally under them galaxy lights in the apartment. She was giddy then and she's giddy now. There's no remorse in that person's head. So I'm, come on, there's nothing going on. It's just a tumbleweed. It's just, there's, I feel like there's just a tumbleweed in her head. It's just a tumbleweed just floating in the air. I don't think there's anything else going on up there. And Zinzaval, too, by the way, he's always looked better at the reunions. And Ariana alluded to this, or maybe she flat out said it in her interview with Call Her Daddy podcast. She had said she at the reunions often had to explain away Tom's. And I remember this from working with them, too. Oftentimes, she would almost have to be his translator because you couldn't understand what he was trying to say or the point he was trying to get across. And so now watching him in this reunion where he didn't have Ariana explain what he's trying to say or like to have her back him up. And Rachel wasn't even on stage at this point. So he really only had Schwartz trying to back him up. And that dummy can't really do much either uh, to help his case. And so it's a lot of, um, I don't know, dummies. Anyway, so the point is they're a bunch of dummies. And so I'm not going to feel bad for calling them dummies because there's way worse words that I could say. And I'm trying to be nice. But... I can't get around the fact that those two aren't dummies, because they are. They are. Anyway, um, there was Andy S. in one of the one-on-ones. He said, when you were all gamp- glamping, which I love that we keep saying the word glamping. <laughs> Bravo put glamping on the map. On the fucking map. Bravo did it, because uh, no one ever heard of glamping until Bravo. I don't care. It, it, glamping was put on the map by Bravo back in the early seasons of The Real Houses of Orange County with Alexis Jesus Jugs. And it's never been uh, away since. And so Bravo and Webster Dictionary should be thanking Bravo for putting glamping on the fucking map. Anyway, Andy asked, when you're all glamping for Raquel's birthday, were you two together? And then Tom said, no, they just had a one-time hookup, then a break. Then they went to that festival. With some fe- I don't know what it was. Festival of, festival of something? Why do I want to keep saying festival of lights? Isn't that? No, that's not right. <laughs> What was the festival? Anyway, they show footage of Instagram footage of at that festival when Zinzaval had Rachel around his neck. And I'm sorry, I don't, if I were to see Matt with someone's like legs around their neck, his neck, I would lose it. I would just lose it. And posting it on Instagram, it's not okay. And throwing it, that's the sick part. That's a narcissistic part of like, they want to, it's like in not wanting to get caught, but like an almost, they want to push it to the edge as far as possible. I feel like that's what Tom and Rachel wanted was to push the limit as far as possible to not get caught. And I think they got off at that. And Andy asked about BravoCon. He said, I was in the front row and you're performing for your mistress and your significant other of nine years. And are you getting off on it? 
And Tom Zinzvall's like, oh, no, oh, oh, man, no, of course not, man. And I was like, you're lying. You're a liar. You're a liar. And I reject that answer. Well, that's great. I reject it. I reject it because he was very clearly lying. And then when Andy's talking to Ariana, Ariana says, look, we all know that men are trash. And no offense to that, but uh, she says I was most surprised by Rachel because Rachel alluded to or, or said she was my friend and I would never do that to my friends, Ariana said. And Andy, even when she said all men are trash, Andy's like, yeah, that's spot on. She's like, I co- he's, I co-sign that. I co-sign that. And then, um, I don't know, there was another little bit of Zinzval. I, I was having trouble focusing on him with that mustache and the white painted grippers because I can't look at them. For the reunion, he couldn't have gotten some nail polish remover and done another color or something. He's completely ruined white uh, painted grippers for everybody on this planet. Because now it's like a red hat. You know, every time you see the red hat, you think of politics. And now every time I see a white painted gripper... Or I can't do it. But you mean to tell me no one on his team? Advi- I know they're obviously he don't have great advisors because every single step he's taken since the scandal has happened and pre has been a wrong move. But you mean to tell me none of them thought like, hey, let's get you some nail polish remover. I'm going to run up to the right aid, get me, uh, get me an Uber to Walgreens so I can get some nail polish remover. You mean not one assistant, the assistant who we found out was the one actually buying them batteries in the toilet paper that he told Ariana that was getting filled up at the house? Remember he said that at the finale, he said, I buy the batteries and the toilet paper. Well, come to find out, it's actually his assistant. He just says, oh, go get me some uh, toilet paper to wipe my ass and some batteries to fill up my, I don't know, fucking one of the machines he plays music on. I mean, if you can call it that, because whatever he's singing in a microphone ain't music. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And we need to put a kibosh on that. I mean, DJ James Kennedy's like, what the fuck was that? Is your live performing because it's a mess. Anyway. Uh, see, I'm getting worked up. Where am I? I, got, I just get worked up. I don't know. But oh, the, I'm getting pissed because nobody, nobody, even on production, I, I hate to, production's doing such a stellar job. I mean, bravo to this production crew because they are just, I mean, another level. Now, there, there was actually an event, a four-year consideration event for Vanderpump Rules to like get them nominated for an Emmy. And I really believe, like, I'm not even saying that jokingly. I know sometimes on this podcast we joke, give him an Emmy, give him a Peabody, give him an Oscar. We joke about that all the time. But I swear, I'm not even being facetious. I think we need to give them Emmys. And I don't know who gets the Emmy. I don't know if it's Andy or... I don't know who it is, but they deserve a trophy. And I'm not just saying that to be joking. I'm 100% serious. But so with that said, I do think someone in production should have said, hey, nobody wants to look at them white painted grippers no more. So here's some nail polish remover before you go out on that stage. And they could have blamed it on the lights or something or the cameras. You know, Sometimes you could say, oh, the light's reflecting off your fucking grips. You know, like something. And come up with any excuse under the sun. I don't really care. Just say, say it's the sun. Say the sun is reflecting off your white painted grippers and we need to remove it. Because the audience, I can only stomach so much. I, I, we just went through a major health crisis with COVID. And now I'm worried about the next health crisis because I got to look at them white painted grippers every second he's on screen and I can't do it. My eyes, my eyes, uh, Matt, get me the eye patch. I need it because I can't, I can't do it. I can't look at them no more. So I wish somebody would, that's my one note. The one note is just, I wish somebody would have, I don't, or maybe uh, I'm not, maybe it was he ever sleeping on set or something. We could have just, Maybe throw in a PA in there. I don't want to have to put that on a PA, but maybe somebody while he was sleeping could have wiped it off or something. I know it's hard to get the, or paint it over it, maybe a different color, something, something. Uh, okay. So I'm sp- sorry to spend 15 minutes on his white painted grippers, but I just had to, 
had to go on that. Okay. So then Zinzval says he felt like Ariana's gay BFF and they just put on a show. And then there's this footage of Zinzval talking to the executive producer and the showrunner and saying that, uh, he feels bad that they're not revealing all the information about themselves. And, and I kind of thought, I don't know if you followed this interview that the, uh, showrunner of the show, Vanderpump Rules, gave to Variety, Kate Arthur, we love, we love Kate, she does great uh, Bravo work over at Variety, but she had gotten this interview with the showrunner, and he had said there's footage that comes out at the reunion that might make people not want to sign on for next season, so he said Vanderpump Rules is going to take a beat before they start filming, before the contracts go out, because he's like, maybe after the reunion, and he alludes to this footage that is going to be damning or make some of the cast members uh, hesitant to sign on for next season. And it's stuff that they don't know from the reunion. So obviously that means it's from one of the one-on-ones. There's three one-on-ones. So there's new information that's going to be revealed to the other cast members seemingly comes from those one-on-ones. So of course the showrunner is going to want to hype this thing up and they want ratings, which the ratings are through the roof right now. So it's, they're doing everything right. But I kind of thought that's going to be a letdown of information. Like I'm hesitant about it. I'm hesitant about it. It's like those times when they say, Oh, this season of Orange County is like the best ever. And then you watch it and you're like, what the fuck? You guys told us before the season that this is like back to true form. And then I'm watching it. I'm like, it's not spoiler alert. So, uh, I, although I'm not feeling that way about this upcoming season of Orange County, I do feel like it might be a return to form. So uh, stay tuned on that. But I was thinking maybe the showrunner is just saying that to like hype up the reunion. And then when they showed this footage of uh, behind the scenes of Tom saying to the showrunner, like, we got to show our real life. Like, I think there's more to that footage that we'll see in maybe part three. That is what's being alluded to. That's my theory is that we'll find out later and it'll be from that footage. Does that make sense? And as it stands, it might have just been just that footage. Because when they showed that, I was like, oh, maybe that's the footage that the showrunner was talking about in the interview with Variety. So many moving parts here. So many moving parts. And those of you who maybe just listen to the podcast, you it's like a lot of information. So I'm trying to break it down for all you guys. But it's like I mentioned at the top of the show, like I, it's a full-time job. I'm, I'm, I already watch The View every night. You know, it's one of my favorite shows. But then the other shows, like, like I'm tuning in. I'm Caller Daddy. I'm reading Interview Magazine. I'm like checking out all these interviews as much as I can. I'm coming fast and furious, and I can only keep up with so much. I'm trying to, uh, you know, come out with the good stuff for all you guys, but it's a lot of information. But I think that's the thing that the showrunner was talking about. I do. I do. So then we see everybody come in a stage. Shula Shorts, Shula Shorts, I couldn't even say that. Shula Shorts is the one who first comes out. Andy's on stage. Uh, and Andy says to him, he's like, were you silent or were you silenced? And then Schwartz is not answer. He's like, maybe both. He's like, isn't this a fucked up situation? And it's like, yeah, you're part of the fucked up situation and part of the reason why this all happened, you dummy. I mean, why didn't you say anything? Come on. Come on. Doesn't even have none of his story straight. I'm so proud of Katie Maloney. So proud of Maloney. And us Maloney fans, it's it's been a hard road for us. Uh, believe me, I know, because I have been covering Vanderpump Rules for years in this podcast, and it hasn't always been easy to defend Katie Maloney amongst all of you listeners because you get send me the mean messages. And it's been a nice season for me because uh, normally I'm getting so many messages saying, how dare you stand up for Katie Maloney? And now I'm feeling vindicated. Much like, uh, what was that song from the Spider-Man soundtrack? <laughs> that Chad Kroger song, Vindicated? or No, Dashboard Confessionals sing. Vindicated from the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. <laughs> 
Uh, you never thought you'd get a Spider-Man 2 reference on this podcast, but here you are. Here you are. Unprecedented times. Okay, so what's next? So, yeah, Schwartz is the first one out on stage. Ariana walks out in that revenge dress, just looking so fucking hot. So hot. Uh, she, she walks out in them shoes. She don't have the right things on her hooves. She said somebody's going to come out and bring her her shoes. And uh, I was nervous for Shishi. I was because I knew she was filled with so much rage. I had so much rage in me. And so I was both excited and nervous. And so I almost hoped that she didn't put on the heels because I wanted her in those slippers because I wanted her relaxed and ready to go because I knew she had so much rage in her. And she was dealing with the the um, restraining order of it all. And then not only that, we also come to find out this was the day after Brock had shaved his head, not shaved his head, but cut off his hair. And you know I love that Brock hair. I actually think they should have spent a little more time on Brock's haircut, shown us a few more pics, maybe some without his blouse on. I'm not sure. I'm not the production person. But uh, it would have been nice. Maybe show off them the eyes. I know they weren't part of the haircut, but maybe we could have seen a full body shot instead of just the waist up of his hair. I mean, it looked great, though. He looked very handsome. And I think he's, when I was on Shishi's podcast, she said Brock was over in 100 yards away watching from the other trailer. And so I almost wish, I wonder if this was even a conversation to put Brock in the trailer with Rachel. Like, could that have been a thing? I mean, although we don't want, we don't want her open up the gas flap for Brock because uh, there were those rumors. So I'm not sure if that would have been a good idea. However, uh, it might have been nice to see somebody else with, I would have liked somebody else in the trailer with Rachel, just somebody else. I'm not sure who, even somebody on her team or family member or something, because she was just watching. It was so diabolical watching her watch the footage from the reunion stage and just like smiling and smirking and watching with, she was sitting like a little schoolgirl with like her hands on her. I was just like, oh, and I don't know how I would have expected her to watch, but for some reason it, I kept sensing a smirk and I did not care for it. I did not care for it. Uh, let's take a break here, and then we are just getting started. We are just getting started. So let me go. Um, let me go. I want to thank Acast. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and we'll be right back. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back. I do want to quickly apologize. I don't want to imply that it's all about Rachel opening up her gas flap because these men need to stop opening up their metaphorical gas flaps as well. I just want to get that out of the way because, again, the men are the ones in the relationship. And so they are the ones who need to establish the boundaries within their relationships. And then also, Rachel needs to establish boundary with her friendships. So they all need to shut them gas flaps, is what I'm trying to say. And so I just don't want to, because I know this, we get in the weeds here, and I don't want to place all the blame on the woman, because that's certainly not appropriate. However, they all need to close them gas flaps when you're in a relationship. And I did think this whole reunion, I'm like, I wish they all, there's this whole conversation about whether or not Tom and Ariana had this open relationship with Ariana said she did not have an open relationship with him. And so that should put the kibosh on it. But one thing that I do want to say in general is I wish these people, if they're having these intimacy issues, you have to communicate with your partner and then say, may, is there a possibility that we could open up the relationship or, or let's start exploring other options instead of just sneaking behind each other's backs and sleeping with best friends, because that's when things get really kind of gross. And so I just wish we're in 2023 and we're sex positive here. And so I am fully supportive of people who are in open relationships. If that's what the boundaries that you want to establish in your own relationships, like I think that's a smart, wonderful, beautiful and evolved thing. And so I almost wish maybe not in these cases, because it's a good thing that Ariana was able to get out of this relationship with that dummy. But uh, I wish that sometimes in relationships, it's like maybe just start to have those conversations or at least explore that possibility instead of doing these really like diabolical things that are humiliating your partner uh, on a national stage. Okay. So we're all on stage now. Finally, Katie's just rolling her eyes at Schwartz. I was really proud of her. Ariana says she's well rested. Uh, Andy says to DJ James Kennedy, since most of the women are angry at Sindival and Shula Schwartz, are you the number one guy in the group? And James Kennedy was just delivering line after line after line on this reunion. He said, well, it's not hard to compete when you're with those two dummies. I mean, that's not exactly what he said, but he's like, it's not hard to be the number one guy in this group when it's competing against the two other men in this group who are the worst. So he's right. But James Kennedy not only is so good in his confessionals, but he's then obviously so good on stage too. And it's just... And we might regret saying this because James has certainly not been an angel. And I'm sure in the future, he might not always be an angel. He might not always be an angel. But at this moment, he's an angel. And so I'm loving every time he's just going back. He's got a good 
just a good a good uh, comeback for everything. Uh, we see Allie in footage. Yeah, her and Ken Todd got a clip package. Her and Ken, motherfucking weekend at Bernie's Todd, got a clip package. When Andy's sitting on that stage, he's like, oh yeah, you guys were talking about this thing, was coming up. And then it's just footage, flashback footage of Allie, who we love. And then Ken, weekend at Bernie's Todd, saying Zinzaval. Tom Zandaval. And it's so thrilling to see that footage. I can't see that footage enough. Sometimes they overplay the footage. You know, they get one little clip and then we see it a hundred fucking times. But the Ken Todd footage of him being like, Tom Zinzibos, I can watch that a hundred times. It was so set up and staged and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And then Tom it starts to cry. Start right off the bat. We're like a couple minutes into this reunion on stage when they're all finally out there and Tom starts to cry and they're not having it. James is like, knock it off. You're not a victim. And I, Tom is trying to say, I just want to say, I appreciate everyone being there for Ariana. She didn't deserve it to happen. Uh, and then Ariana's like, nothing happened. You did it. You dick. She's like, nothing. It wasn't like an outside circumstance. You know, it wasn't like a, a tornado came through our cast and made you uh, get into a gas flap. It was like this. It was a choice that you made. You tried to loosen up that gas flap and it happened and you made that choice. And so now you're trying to say, uh, if this happened, and I appreciate you being there, she didn't deserve it to happen. Nothing happened, you did it. I love that she said that. She's too smart for him. And I'm glad she's out of that relationship, and I'm glad she's on that reunion stage to let him have it. And then Tom says, I love you, and I apologize. And that's really all he should have said. The whole reunion, he should have just said, I fucked up, I'm so sorry, and I apologize. And that's all he should He should have just not said anything else. And obviously, he don't have a team behind him because uh, he's letting them go out on that stage with them white-painted grippers, and they're not giving him any good advice. And so, I don't know. But still, he should have just sat there and like not said a single fucking word. And Ariana said he's full of fucking shit and he could fuck off. Now, I watched, I heard they're doing that the uncensored version of this episode on the Peacock, so you're going to be able to watch it on the cock. Uncensored, I believe, and maybe extended. So I watched the Bravo version where it's bleeped and everything, but I'm going to be tuning in. You bet your bottom dollar as soon as we're done here. I'm going to be hopping on over to the cock, and I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching with the monocle on, some popcorn, and I'm going to be getting uh, the business from them uncensored, because that's a brilliant move. Brilliant move. Now, Lala, we played the clip in the beginning of this episode that Lala says Sandoval is Randall. She says, give him 10 years. Randall wouldn't stay home until I wanted him out. And this is a dangerous human being. And this is when LVP sticks up for them guys. Well, that's great. I reject it. I rejected that. I reject her sticking up for these men. I just simply reject it. And then they talk about Tom fucking other people. And they also reveal all this information about Miami girl. There was footage of Miami girl from back in the day when she showed up at Sir and she's like, we, we had sex. And then Ariana sticks up for Tom and says, like, you're not doing this to my boyfriend. Then Ariana had a mea culpa. She says, I only did that because I love this man. I wanted everyone else to see the good in him and not uh, just see the bad in him. But again, I I want us to focus on the nuance of this because this is the argument that people make is like they all cheated. It came up on the reunion. Well, everyone on the stage has cheated. So how does anyone have? But we have to be smarter than that because this is very obviously different situation. Because first of all, the Kristen thing happened in their, I guess Zinzval would have been in his early 30s if we're going by an actual birth certificate. But uh, we're talking like 20s versus 40s. Okay, so that is a huge difference. In your 20s, you make dumb decisions, right? You're a dummy. And so in your 20s, you do stupid shit. 
then we have to factor in that we're owning property together and we're in legal marriages together. So these aren't like new relationships. This is a relationship of nine years. And this is owning property together. And in terms of Katie and Schwartz, it's getting legally married together. So that's why these things are hitting different. And I don't quite understand how people don't get that. Because Ariana making out with Tom at the Golden Nugget when he was possibly with Kristen, although he said he was lying about it. And so, whatever. But them doing that in their 20s, making out once at the Golden Nugget, uh, when Tom was in a relationship with Kristen in his 20s, that's when it started. It's like, that's a different situation than being together for nine years and owning a house together that's a multi-million dollar house, like almost two million, I think, or something like that. And so it's a very different situation. Not only that, but also the fact that it was with Ariana's close friend on the show, Rachel. And so it's just more nuanced. And I don't quite get that argument of people saying like, oh, well, they all cheated. It's like, yeah, but it's it's still a little different. And obviously, we don't support them cheating at all. All these people make mistakes. Of course, that's why we're watching them on a reality show. They wouldn't be cast on there if they weren't making dumb mistakes. However, this is another level. And so I think that's why people and this story is living on. And so people who are saying like, oh, well, they all cheated. It's like, oh, yeah, no shit they did, you dumb shit. But like... <laughs> Like, it was obviously more nuanced and a much different thing. It's like you can't compare apples to oranges, so come on. Uh, Lala looks really good, too. Can we talk about Lala's look? Because I feel like we all focused on how great Ariana looked in that revenge dress. Andy even said, she's the Princess Diana or something. But I do have to say, Lala was giving him Lala. She looked, her makeup looked good, her hair looked flawless. I like the dress. Katie's dress, too. I thought Katie had a great sitting-down dress, which I'm learning rapidly uh, over the past couple of years of Bravo, that a sitting down dress is way different than a standing up dress. Because when I saw Katie Maloney's dress standing up, I didn't like it. And then I'm seeing Katie Maloney's dress sitting down. I'm like, oh, I love that dress. And it's much different. And I felt the same way about Ariana's Watch What Happens Live dress. That was a sitting down dress. Because if you watched her on Watch What Happens Live last week, she came out and her walking in that dress, I didn't love it. But the, I mean, she still looked amazing. But I loved it even more when I saw her sitting down. I was like, oh, these people, these are smart people because they're getting a sitting down dresses that look a little bit better. Um, okay, so we talk about them fucking other people, talk about intimacy. Ariana says they were intimate, but still it's victim blaming because it doesn't matter about intimacy. It's like you have a conversation about the intimacy problem. That doesn't mean you go having sex with the person's friend. That's crazy. And then, oh, there's this interesting thing between uh, Sinsval and D.J. James Kennedy. Because D.J. James Kennedy is pissed because he says, you were like my older brother. And we were so close. Ariana says, you guys were like best friends. And then Zinsval is like, oh, I only tell you once a month or something. And then guess what? They roll the footage of Tom Zinsval paying, what was it, $10,000, $15,000 for the engagement between D.J. James Kennedy and the other one? I mean, what is that about? And I know we unpacked that a million times, but it's still so fucked up that he paid all that money for the engagement. That was, we learned out of his pocket and out of production's pocket. It's like, what the fuck was that about? What the fuck? What the fuck? All of it's a big what the fuck. I don't understand. Anyway, so James gets pissed because he's like, I cared about you. You paid for my engagement and I thought you were like an older brother to me. And then Sandoval says that James is an opportunist. It's like, yeah, well, you're all opportunists, so sit down. But then uh, he said, you fuck Kristen, get on the show. And this is when DJ James Kennedy says, I was 21 years old, you're 42, you're 42, you're 42. 
And so, like, I don't know. We're going to have to get, I don't, we're, I'm a Tom Zinzival birther, and I need to know. <laughs> I need the gifts, I need the, the birth certificate. I almost said gift certificate, um, but we need the birth certificate. I'm sorry to say that. And then James says, your band sucks, dick, and your bar is going down the drain. And, look, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And James also says, I could beat your ass. I'm way more ripped than you. And I will beat, I will get your ass. I don't know what he says. Get your ass, beat your ass. Something about the ass. And then uh, James eventually has to leave. He has to go to the bathroom. He calls Tom as a pussy bitch, warm with the mustache as he's heading off to the restroom to go cool down for a minute. And Tom, this was interesting, as he's going away to the pooper to take a number two, to James Kennedy's leaving stage to go to the pooper, uh, Tom Zinzival says, you've had the same haircut for years for years. And I'm thinking, you know what, Sinsval? We're not talking hair. He has no leg to stand on when it comes to hair, because I've seen that man go through so many hair transformations. Let's us not forget the season that he took photos with uh, Joe Simpson, Papa Joe, of course, of Jessica Simpson's dad fame. Do you remember that? Longtime viewers of Vanderpump Rules know what I'm talking about. There was a whole ass scene where Tom Sinsval took photos with Papa Joe Simpson, Jessica and Ashley's father. He was a photographer. Go back and watch it. And if you remember, Tom Zinsville had the craziest fucking haircut I've ever seen. It was Chris Kirkpatrick circa 2001. That's the kind of hair that Tom Zinsville was given in that scene with Papa Joe Simpson. So I do not want to hear him sitting on this reunion stage, mic'd up with them white painted grippers saying something about somebody else's hair. I won't stand for it. I will not stand for it. I reject it. Well, that's great. I reject it. I rejected him talking about hair. I remember that haircut. Go back and look. Go just t- Google it right now. I don't know if you're by your computer, by your phone. Pull over if you're driving and type in your Google. Just write Tom Zanzival or put his actual name because that might be easier. <laughs> we might need to update Google. <laughs> I think people online are calling him Tim too. <laughs> uh, anyway, Google uh, Zanzival, but his real name, and uh, Joe Simpson. And just, you'll see the footage of Zinzval's hair. I mean, he's like got beads in it. It's like a very, it's a strange, uh, shocking to the naked eye, very aggressive to the eye. And you will see that it's not somebody who should be given hair advice. And I feel the same way about Chris Kirkpatrick. And I'd tell him if he was sitting right across from me to this day. Now I love NSYNC, but Chris Kirkpatrick, big what the fuck energy going from all them photo shoots. I look at some of them photo shoots from NSYNC's early days and all the focus gets on uh, what Dustin Timberwolf's hair Uh, Of course, he had the ramen hair, but no one seems to be focusing no more on Chris Kirkpatrick's hair. And I just have to say, there was a lot of crazy things happening on there. It was like Chris Kirkpatrick went into Joanne Fabris, got some beads and put them in his hair, and that's not okay. And I will not uh, have revisionist history and let's just forget about not only Dustin Timberwolf's ramen hair, but also I think we need to remember uh, Chris Kirkpatrick's hair. And of course, my turtleneck prince, J.C. Chazay, had an error two of his ways and when it came to hair there was a couple eras that i didn't quite love uh but the beads in the hair and zinzala had the beads too i think they were beads i mean unclear it was something in the hair i mean it was just some sort of crafting objects you know from i guess it was from like a joanne fabrics or a michael's i feel like that's where he, i guess that's where he got them that's my take anyway um so he should not be talking about dj james kennedy's hair and then Lala talks about how these stakes, which we just talked about, the stakes being higher and how it's a different thing. We see Rachel in the trailer laughing. Oh, you guys, just laughing, 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 laughing. There was one moment where Andy thought DJ James Kennedy called him ugly fuck. And then, and then James Kennedy said, no, you're a handsome man. I called the other one an ugly fuck. <laughs> I, will, I don't think Tom Sinsval, 
I hate to compliment that man. But he's not an ugly fuck. He's a very handsome man. He was a very successful model, and I do not care for his style, the white painted grippers, the hair, none of it, the mustache. However, he is, uh, I guess, because I'm feeling mean. I feel like I'm being too mean on this podcast. He is a very handsome man. Uh, Just inside is not. And of course, your inside reflects on the outside, and so that's why he's not handsome anymore. However, if you were to just look at him five years ago from a picture and not know anything about his personality. I do think he's a handsome man, so we'll give him that. And Rachel, too, is a beautiful gal. Beautiful gal, although their insides is what counts. And so their insides are not very handsome. Their insides are gross. Gross. And, okay, what else is going on? James, yeah, he called Tom an ugly fuck. Tom said um, he was scared to say anything to Ariana. Schwartz says he knew in July that Tom wasn't happy. Tom got intimate with Rachel about it before they hooked up. And this was right when Charlotte, Ariana's dog, had passed, which we keep saying Ariana's dog, and it was her dog. But the dog also was living with Tom, so you would think Zinzaval would have some sort of emotional connection to Charlotte as well. And yet he just was seemingly uh, cheating on the... <sighs> I can't. It's just so diabolical. It's so sick. It's so sick. And then Schwartz is saying, oh, he found out late August after the wedding. And then that's when Zinzaval was like, late August? Oh, man, like, what do you mean late August? Oh, I what? Late August? Oh, oh. And then they flash back to footage of Tom Zinzaval on his one-on-one with Andy. And he says that uh, Tom Shula Schwartz found out actually in January. So what's the truth, Schwartz? What's the truth? For every mystery, there is someone, somewhere, who knows the truth. What's the truth? I need to know the truth. We need to get to that unsolved mystery because they're all fucking up their lies. And then Schwartz uh, talks about that yeasty boy truck scene. So you remember the food truck scene where he says uh, they're setting up Ariana uh, to get broken up with and setting her up to be the villain of the season in front of that food truck. And then we come to find out that Schwartz knew at that point that they had hooked up already. That's fucked up. That's That was actually the sickest part of the whole, I think maybe the whole reunion so far is Schwartz knowing. And then uh, not only that, but Detective Shishi asked in that moment about glamping. Detective Shishi said in that moment, she's like, oh, so you knew during glamping. And then they flash back to that footage of Schwartz saying to the glamping trip, oh, Rachel likes to hook up with men who are taken. Like, that's all so fucked up. So fucked up. We talked about that a couple weeks ago on the show, but still, I don't think I could ever get over the fact that he knew that Zinzaval was cheating on his significant other of nine years with one of her best friends in front of her face on camera, essentially, because they're on or not, it wasn't happening, the act on camera, but it was essentially. And yet Schwartz was then also joking about it while he was mic'd up in front of a camera, making jokes about her going after married men, not only in front of the camera, also in front of the woman who was being cheated on. It's sick. It's sick. Schwartz, he must not, I think Katie's mentioned his moral compass, and it's like, where's the moral compass there? Because, uh, not to excuse, the, please don't take this as an excuse for Zinzaval and the other one, but they were they were having sex. Like, Schwartz, what was he getting off on, right? Like, what was clouding his judgment? Again, no excuse, because those two demons also should have said something. I mean, of course, disgusting. But Schwartz, where was his moral compass throughout hearing all of this and then throwing it in the faces of Ariana who was sitting at the campsite. Like, oh, I mean, I can't believe that. It's just disgusting. Schwartz. He's the one again, after watching this part one of the reunion, I was like, what an asshole. I'm sorry. Anyway, Sandoval says that it wasn't, a, he wasn't a decoy. He was just encouraging 
Raquel and Sh- Shula Schwartz to make out and stuff. And Lisa Vanderpump says it's all perverse. And it is perverse. It is perverse. And then Andy brings up Miami Girl comes up again. There's that flashback. And I wouldn't mind her coming back for a scene. Let her have a sandwich at the sandwich shop. Something about her eating a sandwich would be good to me. I don't know. Just a sit-down scene with her and Katie and Ariana. Just a nice little... I'm not sure. Can we fly her in from Miami? Maybe Dodie can get her plane ticket again. And we just sit her down at the sandwich shop, give her one of them Greek sandwiches, and we film it. doesn't have to be long. Just a quick little thing. Quick little moment of Miami girl and Ariana sitting down saying, fuck that guy. And then we eat in a sandwich and then we end it. Like, that's enough for me. And we're also finding out that maybe that sandwich shop is open at end of May. It's already end of May. Is it opening? I need answers. I need a sandwich. I need a sandwich. Uh, and in, then we see Andy talking about the other breakups. Katie said uh, that Schwartz prioritized everyone but her. And I'm so proud she got out of that. Schwartz says the intimacy dwindled. Again, establish boundaries with each other. And if the intimacy dwindled, figure it out. Schwartz says that he wouldn't have cared if Katie Maloney hooked up with someone else in the group. But it's like, she wouldn't. Because if there was a boundary established, she wouldn't do that. And also these men on the show, it's like, who's she going to want to hook up with? She was smart to get out of this group and go hook up with Satch. Which, by the way, what's uh, uh, can we get an SOS on Satch? What's going on with Satchel? I feel like I haven't got no update. And if we get through three parts of this reunion and I don't get one fucking update on Satchel, I'm going to be pissed. I know we got lots to cover here, but I'm going to just need, I think they obviously aren't together. It was like a fleeting thing. And some people have sent me some Instagrams of Satchel. I think he has moved on, but I'm going to need something official. I'm going to need a statement, a written press release from Satchel. I'm going to need to sit down one-on-one with Satchel. I'm going to need some info because that man, I feel like we just scratched the surface of Satch and now I need to know where he is. SOS on Satch. SOS on Satch. And then uh, we get a flashback of Tom Schwartz's cheating because he cheated on her a hundred times on Katie Maloney. I mean, these... He just cheated. And he's always using them big words, too. He said, Schwartz says, it seems tenuous. The friendship code is murky for me. I'm like, stop using these SAT words. He's always doing that, trying to make us seem like he's not a dummy. Just because you can use those SAT words doesn't mean you're not a dummy. I know that. I know that. And then um, Tom Schwartz says, he does say he was in the lowest point of his life when Katie decided to divorce him. And I feel like we haven't really gotten a lot of answers Maybe I just missed it or I've been overwhelmed with all this other information, but Schwartz keeps saying like it was the lowest point, I guess, from the bar, but then he's also alluding to family stuff that was going on. And I don't, am I missing that? Or maybe he's explained it. And then, I don't know. Uh, Shula Schwartz does say something about how if Katie was making out with Peter and he's giving a hypothetical. And when he says that, Ariana's face was so disgusted when Tom Schwartz said that, well, Katie, if you would have been making out with Peter, I've never seen that look on Ariana. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. It was just the most disgusted. And I was like, what's going on with Peter now? Like, I feel like there's layers to the Peter look that I got from Ariana. And I don't know what it is, but we might need to get Peter mic'd up next season. Might need to get him mic'd up. Which, by the way, I saw this deleted footage from the finale episode that was two weeks ago, like the original finale. I saw deleted footage of Peter saying that he was leaving Sir or something like that, and uh, LVP didn't want him to leave Sir, but it was so funny to me that he's making this big grand announcement on the finale that he's leaving Sir, and they just fucking cut it out of the episode. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. They just cut it out of the episode. They played it in a deleted scene, but it wasn't in the original airing, and that just made me laugh. But Peter, we're going to have to mic him up, because I need to know what's going on with him and Ariana. And 
what happened there. Was there something, or maybe I'm reading into it. Uh, Schwartz says that the kiss with Rachel was liberating. And that's when Rachel giggles. Ugh. I was filled with so much rage. I had so much rage in me. I'm, and we talk about the Joe thing, and I know we talked about the Joe thing already, but it's just so sick to me. It's so sick. And Katie says that Joe's a creep, and she says no one likes Joe. We find out that Joe was BFF with Kristen Doty, and then as soon as she moved in with Schwartz, she blocked Kristen Doty. Like, what is going on? This friendship group is, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot to dig in. And I might need more information from Kristen Doty about this Joe. I know she's been given some stuff on her podcast, but I don't know. I wonder who is anyone try to reach out to this Joe? Cause I don't, I don't know. I'm going to get a cease and desist. I better not say anything else, but I have questions about that person. Allegedly, everything on this podcast is alleged, alleged. I don't want no cease and desist from a woman named Joe that we don't even know who's blurred on the screen. Sometimes, sometimes she's blurred. Sometimes she's not. I swear one photo, she was not blurred and the other one. Maybe it was just the screener episode that I got or something, but I was like, is she blurred or not? Like, who is this person? And why do they keep talking about her? You know, I have a big problem when they talk on these shows about somebody and they're not mic'd up. Because it's happened over on Jersey. They talk about well, this one's brother and this one's... And I'm like, well, if we're not going to see him ever, I don't want to talk about him. And so Joe keeps coming up. and like, what's her story? Tell me. Uh, but they kept going on them double dates in the snowboarding. And uh, snowboarding and Rachel was just going to open up the gas flap. And they were... Uh, it's just too much. And they... On stage, as Schwartz is talking about like how they went snowboarding and it wasn't a double date and Schwartz is trying to defend himself, the whole left side of the reunion is like actively booing Schwartz. And what's funny is I, I ended up rewinding it at this part and I realized like I was booing right along with them. Did anyone else feel that? Like I was literally booing. Like I had a thumbs down. <laughs> I know some people would probably give him the middle finger to the screen, but I was just doing like a big thumbs down and I was booing along with them. And it was like interactive TV. And I know they were showing this. They were doing like a screening at Sir. So I didn't, I wasn't able to make it, but they were doing a screening of this reading at Sir. So I wonder how it went. I'm recording this before that happened, but I knew they were doing a, a screening of the reading episode over at Sir, which is smart. These bars should be leaning in. These bars should be leaning in. Uh, and by the way, Ariana's doing a lot of SponCon, and I'm happy she's making that money from Raisin Canes. She's making that money from there was uh, some financial investment group was giving her money. And so I'm happy. Make all the coin now, and she's getting good sponsorships. And I think it was Ryan Bailey who's got a great podcast, uh, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. He's fantastic. But he was saying, I saw him post something on uh, his social media. He said, pay attention to the brands that are both advertising during Vanderpump Rules and doing the SponCon because they're getting like these really upscale brands. So like last week we had the Uber Eats Good as Gold promo and Ariana's doing these like big campaigns with like a pretty reputable, like great companies. And that's not always the case when it comes to these shows. And that is obviously because this is a cultural phenomenon, but uh, it's interesting to see how it's playing out on the show and in social media and with the SponCon. And I'm happy for Ariana getting that coin because she went through hell and she might as well make a buck off it. Might as well make a bottom dollar off that man if she can because she gave everything to that man and he just fucked her over. By the way, also, it's like months after at this point, after the scandal. It was in March and we're in May now. So good riddance to him. Make that coin. Uh, make that coin. Okay, so then what else? So everyone's booing Schwartz. We talk about Schwartz and Sandy's. They had three chefs. They opened November 1st. And Andy Cohen is like, why didn't you just open the doors 
and just have minimal food. And then Andy says, oh my God, you guys, this was one of my favorite moments of the episode. Andy says, how's the food going? And I think Schwartz was like, oh, it's good. And then the Bravo production show us a still image of the lobster corn dog. That's right, that sad fucking corn dog, which again, I'm so disgusted by any sort of corn dog that is not a traditional hot dog corn dog. Like, we don't need to be experimenting with meats. A hot dog's already experimental enough when it comes to a hot dog. We don't need to be replacing hot dogs with other meats. And so the fact that they have that, I don't know if it's still on the menu, but it's the grossest thing I've ever thought of in my whole life. And I'd rather eat literally anything else than that corn dog from Schwartz and Sandy's because it's just disgusting. And so the fact that they showed that corn dog, I was like, oh, I love it. I love it because I thought that was shady. I thought it was shady because they knew we're going to show, we're going to talk about the food and then we're going to show a close up of a corn dog. Like, <laughs> they knew what they were doing. They knew those editors, they're so sneaky and funny and smart, but they knew that they were showing that ugly ass corn dog. Why were they brought up that food? I loved it. I loved it. Uh, we also talked about the funding of Tom Tom and how LVP spent five million and those two dummies gave five fifty k each. And then, uh, but this was confusing about did she give it back or not? I don't know. There was also a boycott happening at Schwartz and Sandy's, and then people were writing on the mirror. But I thought we were talking about vandalism. And forgive me for if I'm being stupid myself, but I always thought vandal. I when people say vandalism, I thought more of like breaking shit, right? And no form of vandalism is okay, but I just wasn't thinking like lipstick on the mirror, right? Like, I, that's what I saw when they showed images. It was like somebody wrote in lipstick, Team Ariana on the Schwartz and Sandy mirror. Like, to me, if anything, that's like going to drive people into the business. Because if I went to Schwartz and Sandy's and saw Team Ariana in the mirror with lipstick, I'd be like, oh, good, they get it. I was like, this makes me feel better about being here if I were to go there. Now, by the way, I won't go there because who wants to eat that sad-ass corn dog next to a PetSmart? Or it is a pet store down the road. Somebody, I that was I got confirmation on that. It's something called Tallywaggers or something, <laughs> Tailwaggers or I'm not sure how you say it. But there is a pet store just in walkable distance, just a couple doors down from Schwartz and Sandy's. And so anyway, if I were to be someone who'd want to go eat at a restaurant bar that serves lobster corn dogs in a strip mall next to a pet store. If I was someone who would want to do that, which I can't imagine, what who's going there? I mean, I guess people are going there for the show or whatever, but it's not like the people that go to bars, it's mostly like young 20-somethings, right? And uh, 21 and up, but at a certain point, you stop going to the bars all the time. And so the 20-year-olds, like, are the young, are they Gen, what's Gen Z? Are they Gen Z? What are the, what would we call them now? I don't know that the Gen Zs really wanted to go to the bar restaurant that serves the lobster corn dogs a couple doors down from the pet store called Tallywaggers. You know what I'm saying? So I, who's going there? Who is going there? I'm not sure. But uh, I thought the vandalism that he was talking about, I was like, oh, maybe there was like broken tables or broken mirrors or something. And then I come to find out it's just lipstick on the mirror. <laughs> Who uh, Lipstick on the mirror is nothing. I leave lipstick on the mirror notes to my boyfriend, Matt, here at the house. I, I mean, come on, the lipstick on the mirror, you might as well leave a post-it or something. That's not vandalism to me. Maybe there were other things that I'm not aware of, or maybe I missed. They said some other sort of vandalism. And yeah, they're leaving bad Yelp reviews, but I got news for you. Go on Yelp. Everybody's got a bad review on Yelp. I don't think I've seen a good Yelp review. I used to go on Yelp all the time when I was trying a new restaurant or something. You'd go on Yelp and you'd see the reviews. And now every time you go, you know, the people only leave the reviews on Yelp if it's bad. So you know that, what what am I going to look at the review on? They're all going to be bad. I go on Yelp now to look at the pictures of the food. That's another story. 
But so I'm not really feeling as bad as I did previously about Schwartz and Sandy's because I'm like, oh, there's just some lipstick on the mirror and a bad Yelp review, like, oh, cry me a river. I mean, that's not a big deal. But after you, uh, come on. Now, again, I don't support vandalism. I'm just saying a little lipstick on the mirror actually seems like a selling point. And it's a step up from that uh, bar that serves lobster corn dogs and it's a couple doors down from a pet store called Tallywaggers. That's what I'm saying. Is it Tallywaggers? I don't know. Uh, they ask about, Andy asked about the sandwich shop. Is, they say May, end of May opening. They made $200,000 in merch. $200,000 in merch. And those spawn cons that she's getting, I mean, those got to be a good, I don't, the sponsorship stuff you guys pay is like a crazy amount of money. <laughs> I don't, it, it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Those social media sponsorships, they pay a lot of money. And so her rate is probably astronomical right now. And it makes sense for the brands too. It doesn't even matter what the brand is because it makes me like the, it's like to align yourself with her at this moment. It seems like the smartest decision for any brand. Like if I was, it doesn't matter what fucking brand I am. I'd get on the line with the head of the company. I'd say, let's line up with Ariana Maddox. Like, I don't care what brand it is. Doesn't matter. I don't care what the rate is. I would be like, give her all the money because it makes the brand look so much better. And of course, no brand's going to want to align themselves with those other dummies, uh, meaning Tom, Rachel, and um, the other one, Shoeless. So they're not going to get them sponsorships. Their rates are probably in the gutter. Their rates are in the basement. They're probably like uh, happy to get a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card for a Instagram main feed fo- post. But Ariana, I'd say give whatever rate uh, she wants because uh, I'm ready to do some financial planning after I saw her financial pan- planning thing. I'm ready to, it doesn't matter. By the way, just since we're on the topic, I do have to say that on the podcast, I mentioned hotties take their probiotics. And guess who I got a, a mail package from? Benefiber. <laughs> ben, the Benefiber people sent me some fiber gummies just for fun. It was like a nice note, but it made me laugh. Like hotties, somebody should co opt that catchphrase. Put me in the commercial. Hotties take their probiotics. Benefiber, you listening? Put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. Anyway, yeah, give Ariana all the money and open up the sandwich shop because I want to I wanna see. And then we switch gears to Sheena and Brock. Of course, Shishi and Lala now live next door to each other in Palm Springs. Lala bought the house next door to Shishi. I like that. And Katie, this is really interesting to me. Katie felt like Lala didn't have her back with Shishi. And this is a layer that I want to see explored next season. And honestly, more than anything else, this reunion, this got me most excited for season 11 of Vanderpump Rules, because we only have so much time with the Scandal stuff. I mentioned before the reunion, I was kind of maybe starting to get like oversaturated with Scandal. It was too many interviews. It's like too much. I was getting overwhelmed. And so we only have a limited time where this is going to be interesting to us. And so we need to find the new storylines. And I think that this Katie Lala Shishi dynamic is very fascinating for the future. And I believe the kids are our future. And so I'm not sure with Shishi and Lala with them and the kids of what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Although they are priming us for a Jackson Brittany return. And I do not feel okay about this. I'm very uneasy. I'm actually losing sleep at night about it because I said on the show, I want them, I want Brittany to pop in and just say rotten hill once to one of them and then leave. But I'm feeling now more than ever, now more than ever, that they're going to be coming back full time. And uh, there was an interview with James Kennedy in Interview Magazine, and he references Jackson Brittany like multiple times. He says, Jackson and I are good. And this was a smoking gun. DJ James Kennedy said in that interview that Jax is now 
doing a night with DJ James Kennedy at Sir. This made me very nervous. I'm talking up all night, unable to sleep. They're priming us for a Jackson Britney return, and I do not stand for it. I don't think we need it. And it's have them pop in maybe like a briefly, but I mean, a full return. I'm not, I'm not. What are we doing? This is, what are we doing? What are we doing? Strike it. Strike it. I strike them contracts. I don't know if they've even gone out yet, but this seems like a mistake. Uh, have them pop in. We got a stupid cast now. Uh, what are we bringing those two back for? Have them come back for a brief moment in time. But they're setting us up, and that's going to be Jax's way, and he's going to be doing a night with DJ James Kennedy at Sir. That's going to get him back in the mix. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm stressed about it. And then the Kentucky Muffin's going to be back with them. And she's the only one I want a quick soundbite from. I don't want... Uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm I'm sweating right now. I'm sweating. Um, okay. So then Shishi cries and wishes she had more empathy about Katie's situation from throughout the season. And Shishi says that she, they talk about this bully term. And I was so happy that Lala said, look, we got to stop with the word bully because it happens. And she said, this is Bravo. And we signed up for this. And she's right. And it happens in all the housewives. They all say that word bully because they know it's like a, a thing. And then Lala just keeps telling uh, Tom Zinzavalda, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Lala says that Rachel moves like a snake. Go fuck yourself, she keeps saying. Oh, so good every time she said that. And then LVP says Lala's aggressive. And Lala's like, you have to stop. You have to stop. Like, don't call Lala aggressive. I was mad about it. Although I'm probably sounding aggressive on this podcast. I apologize. I'm getting worked up about it. Anyway, that's the end. James walks off. That's the end of reunion part one. We got next week part two. Allie comes out. Oh, I'm so excited for Allie. And then we get a little Katie versus Schwartz. We get Shishi crying. And then uh, Shishi goes over to her trailer 100 yards away. And then we see Rachel uh, slither on a screen. And she's coming out. We're going to get to hear her side of the story. And I don't know. Are we going to feel differently at the end of this? Or are we all going to hate them all more? I don't know. TPD. They take us on this roller coaster ride. So I'm inclined to believe that they're at least going to show some moments or try to make it look at some time, whether it be in part two or part three. I have to believe Bravo is going to edit it in a way that is going to make us feel at least a little bit of sympathy or empathy for the Toms and the Rachels. But I don't feel any bit of it at this moment. But I'm sure it's coming because that's the nature of uh, soap opera television and dramatic television, a roller coaster ride. They want us questioning our loyalties and questioning our points of view and putting us on a ride so that we tune in next week and we have discussions and arguments with our friends and we keep the whole cycle moving. And so that's what's going to happen. Mark my words. And if it doesn't happen at this reunion, it's going to happen early next season. There's going to be some ways to humanize and empathize so that we're not looking at them as the evil villains when right now it seems like that's what they are. Anyway, Vanderpump Rules, that was it. Scandal. Now, a couple thoughts I just briefly want to say about the Real House of New Jersey, Teresa's wedding special. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. 
Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Shut the f*** up! Get out of my f***ing face! All right, Teresa's wedding special. Now, I don't love a wedding special in general, so I don't mean to poo-poo on a wedding special, but I'm never really thrilled about a wedding special. It just feels, uh, it's not something I'm into. I just don't love watching. I love going to a wedding. I love watching a wedding on a movie or something, but maybe it's just been so many years of Bravo weddings that I'm like, okay, I saw Tamara get married. I saw Nini get married on a special spinoff. I saw all of them get married. I'm just like, I don't know that I care anymore. I just don't know that I care anymore. I'm just, at least in this very moment, I'm a little over it. But this wedding special was done differently. It was sort of like an episode of The Housewives, but then it was uh, separate. They did weird confessionals where they're in front of like a different green screen. And we did get a confession with all the daughters, all the daughters. And I love that. I love seeing all them daughters. And the daughters were getting activated too. There was one moment where Milani was screaming like Rosie, the cousin. I saw somebody online say it. I Forgive me. I saw on Twitter, somebody said, oh, she's got the guttural. It was Mario Kiki who we love. He has said that Melania had that rosy scream, and I totally got it right from the gut. And uh, also, they were mad that uh, Joe and Melissa kept coming up because Jennifer Aiden was in this wedding special, and she pulled Tree aside to give her some sort of locket picture. And by the way, Jennifer Aiden was in that bedazzled shirt from Bill uh, Bill's surgery. <laughs> This was the funniest thing of the whole fucking wedding special was that bedazzled shirt that Jennifer Aiden was wearing backstage as they were all getting ready for the uh, Teresa's wedding. She's in backstage in a bedazzled shirt that just said Bill Bill Aiden's plastic surgery. And you know that they're not selling them shirts. They had to get that specially made for the wedding special for this actual moment just to get some promo of Bill's plastic surgery on screen. And I just don't think that we needed it. Is anyone seeing that scene and being like, oh, I should book an appointment to get my nose done with Bill Aiden after seeing that bedazzled shirt that Jen's wearing? Like, 
I understand these people want to promote their businesses. And I've said a million times on the show, we need to put a kibosh to it. It's happening too much with these agency hats and all the, they're all promoting their businesses. And at some point we need Bravo to step in and say, you got to cool it because it's not natural. That's not feeling like actual reality. It feels like you're just trying to get your promo on screen. And by the way, if I was on screen and one of the cast members, I'd be doing it too. So I get it, but we need to put a stop. Anyway, what promo is that doing? Because nobody at home is watching this scene and thinking, I need to go get my lips done or whatever it is. I should go get a facelift after seeing Jennifer Aiden wear that bedazzled shirt. Like, what the fuck is that? And then you know he's not selling that shirt. They don't have... I mean, it's like the craziest thing that was manufactured for this wedding special. It's just so fucking funny. And I understand if it's like... If she was selling those shirts, I would get that promo. Or if it was a smaller product. But like a plastic surgery is a pretty big product. Like, I don't think people are just swayed by seeing a bedazzled shirt to do a plastic surgery. But God bless Jennifer Aiden. I do love Jennifer Aiden on the show. I think she's a fantastic housewife. I do. I think Jennifer Aiden's a fantastic housewife. I also think Jackie's on her way out completely. Like, Jackie was in the wedding special, but they sort of phased her out. And even in the reunion preview for next week, it looks dark and intense. Uh, they bring her out for one second, her and Fessler, and I just, I'm worried about Jack because I actually really like Jackie, and I I feel like they're, she's not going to be back. I don't know. Uh, there was one moment in the wedding special where Louis said, and I wrote this down, this is the most blessest I've ever been. <laughs> the most blessest. Most blesses. Although all the stuff at the, I just feel like I got a lisp. Um, I'm talking too fast. All the stuff that was happening at the wedding, around the wedding, like the people in the martini glasses, and there was like a lot of sword work happening. I just felt like every, there was one moment where they were about to cut the cake, and Teresa had the sword in her hands to cut the cake, but she was do, she was miming it like she was going to put it in her throat. And then we saw somebody else, like one of those sword swallower guys, which I never quite understood that whole thing. I just think it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And uh, as a gay man, I'm not that impressed when you're able to swallow a sword because I've seen plenty of people swallow way more than a little skinny sword. Ladies, am I right? But I don't understand the whole sword swallowing thing. Uh, I don't know. I'd be more impressed if you swallowed something thicker. Ladies, am I right? That's just... uh, Anyway, and there's martini glasses. And it was also the other thing I was disappointed by was that it felt like almost like BravoCon. We had Ashley Darby there from Potomac. We had Dorinda there. We had Jill Zarin there. We had Chanel Ayan from Dubai Housewives. We had uh, Alexia from Miami Housewives. We had all these people from the Bravo Cinematic Universe. And I just was disappointed that we didn't get much more out of them. We had a couple little moments of like Jill Zarin at the buffet or Dorinda being like, I didn't get the hair. (laughs) And I'm like, we have Dorinda fucking Medley at this wedding. You mic her up and you put her in a confessional. That woman was manufactured for reality television. I'm sorry. Whether or not you like Dorinda, that's besides the point. She was made for reality TV. So you mic her up when you got her in front of the red light and you get some footage. Just they barely got any footage of some of these people. I'm like, Chanel Ayan, you mean to tell me she's a star who flew in from Dubai and you have her on camera and you're not miking her up? I mean, we got like seconds of these people. Alexia, she we saw her hugging Teresa, but it was like, I need a bigger moment out of Alexia because you have Alexia. She's reality TV gold. And you, you're not giving us these moments with these people. And so I felt like we should have expanded it to maybe two episodes, but given us like full 
full-blown, on-the-spot confessionals. This is the time that we should be bringing back those early-season confessionals that they used to do on the fly, they call. So do you remember back in the day on The Real Houses of Atlanta when they'd have Dwight in a scene, and then they would just stop the scene, or after the scene, they just a producer would be interviewing Dwight on the spot so he wouldn't be in like a separate confessional set. So this would have been the time to redo on-the-fly confessionals with Dorinda, with Chanel Ayan, with Alexia, with Ashley Darby. Like, let's do it. It just felt like a missed opportunity. And because especially it was a sort of snoozy wedding thing. There wasn't much drama. Of course, the Melissa and Joe stuff, but I was like, there was not much drama. So let's mic up these stars. They had, it wasn't even, here's the thing. These people that were there from the Bravo Cinematic Universe, they weren't like the D-list these were the Avengers of Bravo stars. Like, Teresa got Chanel Ayan, Dorinda, I mean, Alexia. Like, she got the stars of the franchise, right? The stars of each city, in my opinion. Like, the ones who, the memeable ones, the gifable ones. Like, she got those people who live on in the internet. And so you have that opportunity. Like, let's expand on it. Let's expand on it. Anyway, the Joan Melissa stuff. So they didn't show up at the wedding, and this was a thing. The, the daughters didn't want them coming up. Uh, they didn't want anyone bringing up Joe and Melissa, Missy G, but they did keep coming up. Margaret said she's had to leave because she was like offended by being there. And she's like, I got to go because Missy G's not here. It's not right. And then Jen Fezzer's like, well, you're my ride. I got to go too. And it's like, I felt like they just didn't want to be there. That's my opinion. But uh, I just think that it kept coming up. And then we see next week on the reunion preview that it's just gotten so dark sided that I just don't know. I don't know what we do. And we've talked about it a million times and I don't know what else to say about it, but actually from the reunion preview, at least I think that maybe they're, well, I shouldn't say that, but from the reunion preview, I thought Teresa and Louie look way worse in the reunion preview than Missy G and Joe Gorka, because there's all this stuff about the detective stuff. And Louie found out all this information about all these people. And like the other cast members are sketched out by that. And there's so many red flags when it comes to that. And Teresa says, uh, I never want to see you again. And Melissa's like, well, where are you going? And Melissa seems so unbothered. And I'm sure she was very bothered. But I actually think that this is so much better for Melissa. When, at, Of course, when it comes to Teresa and Melissa, there's going to be two sides. And people feel very strongly either Team Tree or Team Melissa. But I often think where Melissa goes wrong is that she kind of like goes up to the line of sticking up for herself or going up against the other women in the cast, but then she cowers back. And I actually think, at least from the reunion of the preview, I was like, yeah, Missy G, that's what that's the kind of energy we want from Housewives. And I feel like that's the kind of energy that puts you on top of the Housewives. So although it's going to make people hate you, it's going to make the people who love you love you even more because at least you're like giving us something to kind of root for instead of when you kind of cower backwards. I feel like that's what most people would do in real life, but I don't think it's what the audience wants in their housewives. Do you get what I'm saying? And so at least from the reunion preview, I seem like, oh, am I going to be on Team Melissa now after this reunion? Because that's where it's headed at the moment. However, the reason why I don't think they're going to get rid of Teresa is because Teresa has so much more storyline. Like if I'm a producer on this show, put yourself in the producer's shoes. Who's going to deliver more episodes of content and make it easier for you to produce a reality television show? Teresa, Louie, and the daughters or Melissa and Joe? without Teresa, like from a production standpoint, like, of course, I'm going to, it's going to make my job easier as a producer to have Teresa, Louie and the daughters. I'm not saying that the audience, I'm not saying that they're in the right. I'm just saying 
they're going to uh, they're going to get me more episodes of television. And by the way, if I'm one of the other cast members, I'm looking at it too and I'm be like, well, they're going to get me more episodes of TV. And we know from these contracts, at least it's been rumored that they make more with more episodes and if there's more dramatic content, they get more episodes out of the season. So then these women end up making substantially more, especially if you're talking about making $100,000 per episode or $500,000 per episode or even if you're only making $10,000 an episode, if you had the opportunity to get to squeak two more episodes of television out of a season that you filmed for three months, that's if it's $10,000, you make twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 more uh, by having them on the show and being able to create more content. Because I just, even though if I'm on team Melissa and Joe Gorga, I know they're not going to get me as much content of television as it stands because they their individual storylines just don't really go anywhere. And Teresa, as a cast member, just offers way more content. So that's why I don't think that Teresa's going anywhere, not to mention that she's a legacy cast member. Bravo obviously loves her and centers the show around her for all these years. So I just, I don't see taking myself out of it again because I don't want I, it's hard to talk about Jersey because then everyone gets so worked up over it and it's like I it's not worth it but I do think that it just makes sense like production wise to taking out of the fact of where I stand of whether I'm team Melissa where it seems like at least from the reading preview I'm gonna be team Melissa when it comes to the reunions but most of the season I've been team Teresa and so it just um I just think from a production aspect that's what makes the most sense anyway that's the end of the episode of Everything Iconic. Thank you all so much for listening. What what a show. What So much going on. And I know we only scratched the surface about the end of Jersey this season, but the Scandival, look, we're an hour and 20 minutes into this episode, and I can't talk for any longer. My voice is going. So I'm trying my best to keep up with all of it, but your boy's tired. And so I want to thank you all for listening. I pre-ordered my book. My The paperback of my book that came out last year is coming out on May 30th, so next week. And I have uh, something very excited I'll be able to share very soon about that book. But the paperback is coming out next week. There's a bonus chapter for the paperback that I wrote just exclusively for the paperback. So you can get that starting May 30th and pre-order my holiday collection called The Jolliest Bunch, which is out October 24th. Uh, and then very soon I should have some tour dates for the fall that I can share uh, I'm very excited to share. And with all of that said, thank you all so much for listening. I think we need to do one of our old fashioned cheesy little cooldowns. So I know we've been having so many new listeners of everything iconic. We had the biggest episode ever last week of everything iconic. So thank you all for listening and sharing with friends. The biggest episode ever. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, thank you all for sharing because it means the world to me. But for new listeners, we like to do a cheesy little cool down sometimes. Um, I think we get so worked up on these shows, rightfully so. There are stories. And so sometimes we just need to take a deep breath in, relax, calm down, cool down, and uh, collect our thoughts and go forth on a pleasant day. And it started as sort of a joke, but now I think actually we need the cheesy little cool downs. I think it helps, uh, it helps me certainly after talking for so long. So let's take a deep breath in and let's hold it. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Ah, breathe out. A lot going on. In the words of Mary Cosby, a lot going on. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. Now go forth and be good to your friends. You know, this whole thing on the scandal. Of course, again, I want to reiterate that Tom was more in the wrong than Rachel, but they were both in the wrong, as was that shoeless man. And so I just want us to try to be good friends to each other, especially with your close friends, your girlfriends. There's no one more important than girlfriends. 
and uh, taking out the gender of it all, close friends are super important. And when you have a good close friend in your life, you got to cherish that friend. And so those people, your ride or dies, make sure that the ride or dies. And if something happens or if you do something wrong, obviously we're all going to fuck up in life. Everybody in this world is going to fuck up a time or two. But if you make those mistakes, you got to right your wrongs. You got to say, I'm sorry. You got to say, I'm sorry I fucked up. And you got to tell them it shouldn't be something for your friend to find out. Try to at least your best. If you are someone who did your friend wrong, please just try to take a moment and tell your friend and say, oh, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I fucked up and I'm sorry. Because that's the only way you can move forward in life. And again, just remember that everybody does bad things. Nobody's immune to that. Everybody screws up. And so it's not about not screwing up. It's about taking that accountability. And don't let your screw-ups become something that is revealed accidentally. Try to at least uh, say, I'm sorry, and and come clean to your friends and cherish those friendships and try not to do those things in the first place. Of course, that's number one priority. But if something happens, try to apologize. And and don't, also on that same line, like don't do something as bad as those demons did over on Vanderpump Rules to their friend. Don't do it. Love you all so much for listening. Uh, stay safe. Bye-bye.